life ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who have been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everyone. Michelle Slaney Travato here. Welcome to another episode of the Living Your Legacy podcast. As always, when I'm talking about legacy, it's super interesting to me to see how many different versions of legacy there are out there and how many extraordinary people are really working at either growing their own legacy or supporting the legacy makers as they're striving to grow their own legacy. And it's always interesting to me to talk to new people who have a different version of the term legacy to help us really envision it a little bit further. And today is no exception. We have got an extraordinary woman on the call who has chosen a really interesting profession. Um, when you talk about the sandwich generation, those of us who have small kids or kids that are living at home, and for some of us, that's the kids who are into their adult years and can't afford to move out, don't want to move out, moved out, came back, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're still parenting. And then on the other end, we have aging parents who are going to start or have started or are needing more support and, and care in their lives. And those of us in the sandwich generation are like the meat that's stuck in the middle of that sandwich. Or if you're a vegetarian, the cucumber in the cucumber sandwich. And so you kind of feel like you're squished in there. There's all kinds of demands on one end with children. And then increasingly, there's all kinds of demands coming on the other end with parents. And this woman, our guest today, has decided that she wants to work with the squished people in the middle. <laughs> she really just wants to spend time helping the caregivers give care, not only to those around them, but to themselves. So I'd like to introduce you to my good friend, Wendy Tadiucci. Yes. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you and have a conversation around the things that you're doing because it's really interesting. So Wendy was kind enough to provide me with a really detailed bio. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Wendy Tadiucci is a freedom and happiness coach. Doesn't that just sound awesome right there? For business owning caregivers who are struggling with their business, health, relationships, peace of mind, and financial security. Gosh, in any one of those areas, people could use help. <laughs> Wendy knows the detriment to caregivers of not taking care of themselves. Unfortunately, through her father's experience of taking care of his mother to the extent that he ignored symptoms he himself was experiencing and not going to the doctor until it was too late. 
Wendy also experienced looking through the lens of caregiving through her mother's care, her mother caring for her in-laws, husband, parents, and finally caring for Wendy's stepfather. Wow, she cared for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Wendy has been care deciding, and I love that term, and at times caregiving to her 86-year-old mother over the past 11 years and also enjoys a successful coaching practice. So that's cool. We're going to dig into that. Through her coaching, Wendy works with business-owning caregivers just like you. You know who you are. I'm talking to you. Who are ready to keep existing clients going, maybe develop a new program, enjoy more time, energy, and self-care. Super important. Wendy holds a certificate in life and ADHD coaching from Coach Approach for Organizers. Wendy is also a former certified professional organizer. Gee, Wendy, I did not know that about you. So we're going to dig into that because I bet that's super useful in what you do. Outside of her passion for coaching, Wendy loves traveling with her husband, Steve, who she's been married to for 29 short and amazing years. Wendy also enjoys reading a good biography, and I can attest to this, she is an avid Gilmore Girls fan. So much to dig into there, Wendy. I'm super excited about that. Thank you so much. So now I really want to get into how you got into this, although your bio does allude to some important points there along your your timeline and in your life. But when you think about being in grade four and the teacher says to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) A care decider and caregiver coach, not even making it to the top 100 list. So tell us how you got there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Michelle, it, uh, you mentioned something. Uh, you chose this profession. No, it chose me. And uh, here's the backstory to that. So in the bio, you mentioned my dad. Uh, my dad is really my number one reason why. My, num- my number one is two, but is my mom. So my dad was a caregiver to my grandmother who lived next door to us as I was growing up. And uh, he was a caregiver. He was, uh, he was a farmer, so small business owner, business owner. Uh, he worked for the local farm co-op. He drove the school bus. He was the father, husband, son, right? All the things. And if he was taking care of my grandmother, uh, what my mother later told me was, he was having some pretty severe pain. And instead of going to the doctor, he decided to take my grandmother's prescription pain medication. So that's no joke. Oh, that's yeah. not good. That's not good. Mom didn't know about this until much later. Uh, grandma passed away. Shortly after, dad finally went to the doctor, gave himself permission. I don't know what it was. When he went to the doctor, uh, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. It was way too late. Uh, They couldn't do anything. And he passed away shortly thereafter. And I was six years old. Wow. Um, So from that experience, um, and my mother telling me when I was in my 20s, what happened, right? Um, I didn't fully land it till I was in my 40s. When I did land it, I was like, you know what? We could have had my dad for so many more years. Um, And I thought, you know what? It's not acceptable. It is not acceptable for any caregiver to sacrifice their life, their health, 
business, relationships, finances, none of it. And that's the day that I became a fierce supporter of caregivers, no matter what, because it's not acceptable. Uh, so that, that landed with me in my 40s. That's what changed. Um, and between then, uh, I had been care deciding, sometimes caregiving for my mom for the past 11 years. And I thought that's what my reason was, was the struggle that I went through when I first had to start caring for her. I was in my late 30s. I had no friends going through this. I had no resources, no help. And, and my health was, was uh, not good. My business was failing. Relationships were not great, right? Um, and I thought, okay, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm, I'm uh, helping caregivers because of my mom's experience. But no, it's really uh, from my dad, right? He's my why. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into this. Wow. You're right. It just seems that your life was sort of on that path right from the get-go, mm-hmm. um, given the situation in your family. And of course, both your parents being caregivers and you seeing that on the daily and the kind of toll that can take. So let's talk a little about that, actually. Um, as people are, I mean, it's something that we all know. Mm-hmm. Certainly we're aging, even though people don't like celebrating their birthdays very much because the number keeps going up. <laughs> right. And so we know we're getting older and we know that our parents are getting older as each day goes by and each birthday ticks by. And we notice changes in them. Maybe they're moving a little slower. Maybe they're a little more fearful of things than they were. Maybe they're a little more forgetful than they were before. Those kinds of things. And then you're right. Often it kind of starts with care deciding. There's some decisions that need to be made and you're realizing your parents maybe are not making the right decisions or are not now capable of making some of those decisions. Or maybe they just need a ride to the doctor's office because they're choosing not to drive or can't drive anymore. Lots mm-hmm. of those things. Um, so it starts out with little things. Usually, really yeah, it yeah, starts out with these little things and they, they happen, you know, periodically at the beginning. And then over time, they start happening with more and more frequency. And, you know, so it's, it's almost insidious how quickly one can find themselves in a position of being a caregiver without really having had time to think about mm-hmm. it plan for it, any of those things. And it certainly can take over. Has this been the experience you found in working with your clients? Yes, absolutely. Uh, You're 100% right, Michelle. It's a slippery slope from, oh, I'm just taking my mom to the doctor to, oh my gosh, I need to find out where she's going to live because she cannot live by herself. And who are her doctors? And and, oh, by the way, how am I going to manage my business? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get, keep that going with what I'm about to do. And by the way, I don't even know what I'm about to do. I don't know how much time this is going to take away from, from my business, from my life. And, oh, yeah, working out. Well, I can kiss that goodbye, right? All the things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very easy for people because it starts out so slowly and you just kind mm-hmm. of work it in, right? Now I need to take mom to the doctor. So I'm going to work that into my schedule and then I'm going to work into my schedule that I'm going to, you know, maybe drop by and cook some meals or wash her dishes or do the load of laundry for her, or I'm going to cook some extra stuff at home and I'm going to drop that off or, um, 
dad's got that weird thing going on with his toe. I should probably take him to the doctor to go get that checked out. And you just kind of start working it into your already Mm -hmm. busy life. It's almost to the point where you're feeling completely overwhelmed, I think, before most people really stop to take stock of that and realize you're not working it in anymore. It's taken over. Completely. Uh, So, Michelle, what I hear time and again, if I'm having a conversation with someone and they're saying, well, I'm not a caregiver. Oh, okay. Um, That's interesting because I have a little backstory usually. Uh, I know things. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, great, well, can you tell me why we're having a conversation? Well, I'm just taking my mom to the doctor. I'm just getting groceries for her, right? And so the problem is they're not identifying themselves as caregivers. And guess what? If you're taking someone to the doctor regularly or kind of regularly, making sure they have their pills, making sure, like making sure, doing the things, right? You're a caregiver. And it's important to identify yourself as such in the beginning because of that slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And that, like you mentioned, that insidiousness that just, oh, I'm going to fit this in. I'm going to just do this. I'm going to shift my schedule. And before you know it, you're in it Mm -hmm. and you're in it deep. Mm -hmm. And you're probably so in it that you can't even like see above it to look up and go, wow, um, I'm really underwater with this, right? With my business, with my finances, with my relationship. You're so in it by that point. Um, So I don't know if we're to that point, but I would say, uh, my number one tip, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you are doing any of the above, uh, you know, uh, grocery store runs, anything to do with medications. Oh, I've got to take so-and-so to, do- to the doctor. Guess what? You're on step one and the path of being a caregiver. Notice it. Call yourself on it. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, yeah. to say you're a caregiver. I think it's really important because... That term caregiver carries a lot of meaning and a lot of weight. And if you Mm -hmm. view yourself as such, then you are really redefining yourself, which allows you to start thinking about the other pieces like now what's next, what's coming after this. That means I'm going to have to shift up things in my world, kind of like when people are new parents, they're going to have a baby or they're adopting a baby, as in my case. And you think this child is going to show up in your life and for a short time, things will be disrupted. And then you're just going to go back to the life that you have. Yeah, no, (laughs) it does not happen that way. You're disrupted now forever. (laughs) (laughs) The same thing, I think, on the other end, when you find yourself now you're you're having to take on some of these responsibilities because your parent is unable or unwilling or both to do it. Now you have to look at this disruption is not going away anytime soon. This is not a one shot and done thing, usually. Right. This is uh okay, so now I'm going to need to look at how I do this in an ongoing basis. And it means my life is going to change either for the first time, or again, if you're a parent and now you're parenting your parents, right? Like you've got to, got to adjust that and seeing yourself as a caregiver allows you to say, yeah, I've got some changes that I need to make here. And I need to think about now how I'm going to juggle this life of mine 
in a way that allows me to have some space for me. Because Mm -hmm. as you've alluded to, it is really easy to get lost in this. So let's talk a little bit about that. When you're a kid, your parent is your parent. Mom is mom and dad is dad. Comes with all the trappings of those words and the relationship that you have. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the mom who cared for you, the dad who cared for you, is now needing care. So you really step into a parenting your parent position. Mm -hmm. And this is a really big mind shift because this... Again, now you as an adult are taking on responsibility for your parent who is an adult, but may or may not be behaving and thinking as an adult Mm -hmm. any longer. And then you've got, in addition to that, that view on mom or dad, Mm -hmm. right? Like they were this larger than life person when you were little right and they carry that larger than life kind of persona just that emotional word mom and dad right they're laden with emotion and now you've got the emotion of mom isn't mom anymore dad isn't dad anymore so there's a whole lot of grief and maybe that whole grieving process attached to that and you're a parent all at the same time. So let's let's dig in a little bit into that because um, I'm sure you see it. So what are some signs that people mm-hmm. might be experiencing if this is where they're at? Like, what should they be looking for? Yeah, of course, they should be looking for um, when they're feeling guilt. Notice it. Mm-hmm. Where's it coming from? And that guilt causes that whole spiral into anxiety, depression. Uh, all the all the things, right, mm-hmm. that are just not fun. And that's what to look out for and to notice. But again, by the time you notice, you're so deep into it. That's why going back to what you said, it's so important to say, yes, I'm a caregiver. Because what happens is then you get the community, you get the resources, you get the support mm-hmm. to help you through this really difficult process. Because as you mentioned, You know, you've got all this baggage Mm -hmm. of your growing up and the history with your mom or your dad, good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That you're now having to deal with, having to manage yourself, right? In your Mm -hmm. heart, in your head. And oh, by the way, I'm having to make decisions for my mom or dad. And oh my gosh, I'm an adult. Yikes. Uh, What if I make the wrong decision for them? What if Mm -hmm. I make the wrong decision for me? Uh, so that's another sign when you're just not sure mm-hmm. what to do. And I've heard clients say to me, boy, I just wish someone would tell me what to do. Just make it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I notice. That's what I hear. And I bet too, there's also a piece of kind of like rearing a teenager. <laughs> and I am right <laughs> in the middle of that where they don't want you telling them what to do at all. Oh, no. No, no, absolutely not. And so there's that piece of it. But then then you start hearing that from your parent. You know that they're having difficulty with dad's got this funky thing with his toe, but he won't go to the doctor. He can't drive because his foot hurts to push the pedal. Right. But he absolutely won't have you telling him what to do at all. And now you're like, <laughs> what do I do? I'm stuck here. Any advice on that? Yeah, of course. Uh, that is a sticky situation for sure. 
And uh, I have a, um, I guess a template to have a conversation. And I'm just going to lay it out here for you. If I can remember it, here we go. Uh, it goes something like, you know, you say to your, your dad, that has got the toe situation that won't go to the doctor. You say, dad, um, listen, I have something I want to talk to you about and, and I won't take any action uh, unless you agree. Can we talk? That's step one. Mm-hmm. If dad says yes, great, have this conversation. If he says no, do not have the conversation because he is not willing to have it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, try it again another day. If he says yes, say great. Um, you can say something like, I noticed. You're not calling dad out. You're saying you're not saying, oh, well, why don't you just call the doctor and, and let's get this taken care of? You could say something like, Dad, I noticed you're having some trouble with your toe. What's going on? Whatever. So I noticed. Uh, and then you say, I feel. Tell him how you feel. Yeah, this makes me worried. This makes me nervous. Whatever. Uh, and then say, I need. Tell him what you need. I need for you to call the doctor. I need for you to take care of this, whatever it is. And then the final question is, what do you need? And just leave it. Leave it, see what he says. Hmm. That's a great formula. And I love that because as a child, you're used to asking your parents for advice up to a certain point. Then you hit the teenagers and you don't want to hear anything they have to say. (laughs) Then most of us come around again on the other end of that and realize Mm -hmm. that our parents actually do know a few things and, you know, they might have some wisdom to share. (laughs) Um, But I like how that's phrased in a way that still kind of resonates with the child-adult relationship. You're kind of asking for permission. You know, I noticed these things, Dad. I feel really worried about that. You know, I'm hoping that maybe we can do something about that. Would you be willing to whatever? I need you to do this. Is it it feels kind of as a parent, like you're 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 not being parented. You're still in the parent role. And my podcast guests can't see this, but there's air quotes around that. They're still in the parent role in -hmm. terms of the fact that you're kind of asking them, you're giving them the right, I don't know the the correct word here. You're giving them back their parenting power, exactly. if you will, yeah. uh, but still parenting your parent. It's very mm-hmm. super sleuthy and, and amazing. I, I really like the wording on it because it allows for dignity uh, mm-hmm. from everybody, right. from the person yeah. asking, uh, the caregiver, the parent. It allows everyone to keep dignity and also to understand better what's going on. Right. Um, You know, if your parent has a version of dementia or Alzheimer's, they may not understand any longer what's happening with their foot to be able to make Mm -hmm. that decision. And maybe they're just afraid that if they go in a hospital, they're never coming out, which I think is a common concern amongst the elderly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be that. And it at least allows the door to be open for a discussion if the parent is open. If they're not totally agree with you, it is not the time to bring this up. We just need to. I don't know, fill dad with some vitamins and hope for the best for a little bit and and circle around to it in a few days and see what happens. That's great. Um, 
Wendy, in one of our conversations before, you had a really interesting little chart that you shared. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that because I found the chart really eye-opening. And it's Mm -hmm. a great place if, if our podcast guests are listening to this and thinking, gosh, like either that's going to be me, I sort of see the signs now, or that is me, but they don't know what to do, which we, none of us really do. I mean, none of this parenting our parents thing comes with a textbook. If it did, it'd probably be a bestseller. People would be like, awesome. I know exactly what to do. Say this, do that. Got it. But that's not how it works. So in the chart, it's, you talked about it as being kind of a way to open the door with your parents for moving forward. And I really liked the simplicity of it, but the power of it. So could you talk a little bit about some of those steps that are on your chart? Like those first steps, if you're thinking, gosh, I think mom or dad needs some extra help and I don't know what to do. That chart is an amazing start place. So talk a little about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and actually there are two separate charts. There is a one chart, uh, when you notice like some things are a little off with mom or dad or aunt or uncle or grandparents or husband or wife or whatever it is, right? Um, And this chart will help you to kind of get yourself together. Okay, what's the first step? Well, guess what? It's having that conversation that I just shared with you. What's the next step? Okay, great. Uh, Find out where all the things are. Get the paperwork in order so that your job as caregiver uh, is a lot easier. Um, you know, and, and one step builds upon the other so that at the end, you basically have everything together on the back end of things like the, the legal accounting and, and all that good stuff. And by the way, I'm not a le- I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an accountant, but I am a daughter that has gone through it. Uh, and that's why I compiled this list of things that, boy, I wish I had this mm-hmm. as I was figuring things out for mom and for myself. So that's one version. The second version is all about the caregiver and the second version is all about um saying yes i'm a caregiver right that's step one uh step two deciding to ditch the guilt right uh because that just leads to anxiety and depression and all kinds of yeah why do you want to be in that um and then to identify and face what you might be avoiding because i know all of us including me have things that were like, oh boy, oh, I know I have to deal with this mm-hmm. and you just don't. And so it just weighs you down. And when it weighs you down, it affects your business. It affects your health. It affects everything, right? So face what you're avoiding. Um, the next step, set boundaries. Ooh, that might not be easy for some people. No, nope, that one's a hard one. That is a hard one. Mm-hmm. But here's the magic in setting boundaries. When you set those boundaries uh, around caring for someone, you turn that back around and you start taking care of yourself. And when you're taking care of yourself, when you're able to uh, put your oxygen mask on first, when you're able to take care of yourself first, that just bounces back into the person that you're taking care of. Because you cannot pull up, you cannot pour from an empty glass. But when your glass is overflowing, you have that overflow to give to the person that you're caring for. Mm-hmm. You have that to give to your business, to your relationships, to your finances, everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the final step is 
anchoring on to that support and that community. Uh, and I call it uh, creating your circle of support. Mm-hmm. Who are the people around you uh, that support you, right? Creating that, leaning into it. Um, and so that's the second, the second chart. Amazing. Um, circling back to the first chart, um, yes. cause I, I like, I like to do lists. I'm a list girl. Oh my gosh. Girl. You give me a to-do list. I'm like, amazing. I'm even one of those people who at the end of the day will add things that I've done that weren't on the list. So I can check them off. Woo, did that. That's exciting. I love a list. Um, I'm not surprised by this. N- no, you shouldn't be. Um, and <laughs> so when you, uh, suggested the first chart. I really liked it because it was some really good conversation that actually not even with an, an aging or elderly parent, but even with your spouse, with your um, siblings, like this is a great conversation to have. And one of the things that you talked about that I really found interesting was passwords. Um, just simple things like that. Like if your mom is on Facebook, what's her Facebook password, right? Right. Cause mm-hmm. when she can't remember it anymore, if it's not saved on her computer and you don't, and you have like, if you've got access to the computer and you can find out how to open up the passwords feature in it, great. But if you don't, if you live yeah. far away and you don't have that, like, that's a good thing to know where are bank accounts being held. Again, mm-hmm. you may have known some of that when you were a kid, cause you went to the bank with your parents, but you don't know where they may have set up a bank account since then, especially if you live any distance from them and you're not seeing them on the daily or, you know, even on the weekly or monthly, you may not know where they're having their bank accounts set up, right? So just that information. So having that conversation, that checklist to say, mm-hmm. you know, what's your, what's your internet password? Super simple stuff. Like who's your internet provider? What's the password that you have on the account? Is the money coming direct out of your account? Are you paying it on a credit card? Like, how is this going? Because that piece of all those little pieces of information, having them can make things so much easier if at some point mom or dad can't remember these inf- these pieces of information, or maybe they go in a home and you need to cancel their internet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have legal power of attorney, most of these companies don't even want to look at you. But if you have that information, then you can sit with mom or dad and, and you can look at it and say, okay, do we really need, do you need the $200 package? Maybe we can reduce that down to $50. Or why do you have all these extra features on your cell phone that you're not needing? Or why do you have a landline and a cell phone? Maybe we can look to cancel one or the other. Um, right. It just helps you with making those decisions before it's a crisis. I have to make those decisions kind of situation. And I thought that was so interesting that I actually took that and had that conversation with my own mother who has all her faculties. She's absolutely fine. And when I brought it up, it was really interesting because she had been wanting to bring it up, but didn't know how I'd respond Uh as the child. And she wanted me to know that she'd been compiling all that information and where it was. So should there ever be a need, Mm -hmm. I'd know where to go find it. And she was quite relieved actually at Mm -hmm. being able to have that conversation and frankly have it because it's been on her mind that she's aging and that she she feels she's more forgetful at this point. I don't see that she is, but she feels that she is. And so she was sure. just really concerned and wanting that for, for us. Yeah. And then I thought, 
gosh, you know, I really should know that information for my sister or for my husband. Um, right. We think about it with our kids and many parents have their kids passwords to different social media outlets so that mm-hmm. they can just monitor things and make sure that everybody's safe and okay. But we don't necessarily think about doing that on the other end for our adult parents. And right. so I found that little checklist to be so useful and helpful and really thought provoking, right? That I don't, I don't need it at the moment, but that's the whole point. I don't need mm-hmm. it right now. And then if I have it all done, then I don't need to worry about that. So there's not a exactly. crisis. There's not a, oh, my Lord, mom is posting crazy things on Facebook. How do I get in there and make that stop? <laughs> right. Like, I don't have to worry about those things because, mm-hmm. you know, it's already been dealt with. And that is such a useful thing, being proactive and really yep. thinking about those conversations, not from a judgmental standpoint, but right. from the point of, we, we want to be sure to care for each other. And this is one way we can care yeah. for each other is, you know, I'm not looking for your Facebook password so I can get in and post weird things under your name on Facebook. I'm just, I just would like to have, or know where it is so that, right. right? And maybe it's a situation of, we write it down somewhere, we put it in your safety deposit box or the safe in the closet or whatever. And I never have access to it until so that you don't have to worry that, Again, I'm going to get in and post weird things on your Facebook or anything like that. Um, Right. But at least we know that it's been dealt with. So before we're at the point of mom or dad doesn't remember any of this anymore. And now I'm scrambling and I don't know what I'm going to do with that or how to even Mm -hmm. find it. Or if I can, um, you're, you're covered, right? Like you're a little more safe. And I I wanted to just sort of put that out there because if any of these things are sounding like something that our audience should know, then I think that's a really worthwhile conversation to at least start to have Mm -hmm. that you heard it on a podcast and this coach was saying these things and Hey, that really might be worth looking at before we have a problem. Yeah, exactly. Throw me under the bus and say, Hey, this coach said to have this conversation. I'm totally fine with that. Do that. Mm-hmm. Because all that does is open up the door for communication. Exactly. Right. right. Uh, now, speaking of communication, lots of people have siblings. And when you're caring for your parents, <laughs> one of the one of the issues that I've certainly seen, and I saw it um, in my mom's family with her mother and the siblings yeah. not being on the same page. Right. Uh, And I'm sure you see that too. What advice would you have for someone who maybe is looking at this and thinking, hmm, mom or dad seems to be, I've noticed some things are not like things are off. Or um, I saw on mom's table a past due bill and mom's never forgot to pay her bills before. Um, or, you know, while I was at mom's house, the phone rang and it was somebody about an appointment that mom had missed. And she's never done that before. Or the doctor called right. to check in on dad's toe. And I didn't know that there was an issue there. Right. Cause dad's not communicating that. And then I was paying attention and realized he's struggling to walk and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And the siblings are not on the same page. Right. It might be yep. you're imagining mm-hmm. all this. It's not real. This is not happening. Um, or any other version of that, what, what Mm -hmm. advice would you give to someone in that position? Yeah, that's a great question. And I have seen this and I have experienced it myself. Uh, so what, what I typically see in families 
is when um, when you notice things with your parents, especially, let's just frame it up here as a parent thing, um, and you say something to a sibling, that sibling is either going to, oh, no, nothing's wrong with mom or dad, deny, nothing's mm-hmm. wrong. They're going to dive all in, and I want them to see all the doctors and do all the things, and they kind of overreact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have another sibling that, well, I promise to do this and I promise to do that. And they never do it and lands on you, right? I've seen all versions and many others and things that would raise your hair, uh, make your hair stand on end. What I would say is, first of all, as the caregiver, even if you don't know if you're going to be the caregiver for your parent, take care of yourself. Notice that when um, maybe some fighting starts happening in your family, it is okay to take yourself out of the equation and go, you know what? Doesn't feel good for me. You guys want to have this argument, have this argument, but I need to step out, right? Mm -hmm. It is totally okay to protect yourself, right? Uh, The other thing I would recommend is if you're having these messy conversations, find a mediator, Find someone that can gather everybody together, get everything out, a a third party that is not, they don't have any skin in the game at all, right? And just get everything aired out and have those conversations so you can make those next steps, right? Mm Because it does no good for you to be in this environment. It does no good for your loved ones to be in Mm -hmm. this environment. Mm -hmm. Get it figured out, move forward, right? Um, But above all, take care of yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I think those are some very important um, topics. You're right. So don't get, you know, aunt so-and-so to be the mediator because um, she's probably not going to be very impartial. Don't get aunt so-and-so. No, no. And, and don't get cousin Nick or whoever, right? Like you really want to be looking maybe yeah. outside the family. Maybe it's a trusted neighbor or friend of your parent. I would go for exactly rather than yeah. a trusted friend of one of the siblings. Right. Yeah. And uh, just had another thought with that. Um, so the biggest gift that my mother gave me way ahead of her failing, right. She appointed me power of attorney mm-hmm. way ahead of the game. Uh, so when the time came, I could take action and do what I needed to do. So this goes right back to having those conversations and being proactive, right? Have that conversation with your parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, if something happens, when it's not an if, it's a when something happens, uh, mom or dad, who do you think you would want to be making decisions? Yep. Let them decide, right? And, and that's a they, tough one, especially if there's more than one child. Like if it's just you, you're like, okay, well, I, I wear all the responsibility, but if there's more than one child, now yeah. you're, now you're in a situation of one might feel slighted, the other one might be oh, like, well, this yeah. means I'm out altogether. You make all the choices. I'm just going to go live my life and not be a part of this at all. Like people have yeah. such interesting reactions to things. For sure. But, and it's better to iron this stuff out now than when you have to go to court and get guardianship and like, oh my gosh, like it's going to be difficult enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would say is have the conversation and get that figured out ahead of time. Yeah, that's very wise because you're right. It, usually it's a situation of like mom has fallen and broken her hip and the hospital is saying, you know, there's this behavior, that behavior. Again, especially if you live far away from your 
your parents mm-hmm. and many mm-hmm. of us do. Um, you right. know, the hospital could be saying, you know, gee, your mom's trying to climb out of the bed and, and doing these things. And like, um, this is, this is not okay. And have you talked about this? And now all of a sudden you're in a crisis, right? Exactly. You're in a situation where you have yep. to make big, important decisions with no prep worker foundation laid. And you're right. Exactly. A lot of emotion. It's a very emotion laden situation. And now you've got the added issues around siblings and point of view and perspective and denial yep. or anger or, or withdrawing or whatever is happening on top of all that. Right. Exactly. So I, I think that that's such wise advice to start having those conversations. I would hazard a guess as early as possible. Exactly. As early as you can uh, have those conversations for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it may not necessarily work out to be like in my case with my mom, when I, when I brought this up, um, she was slightly surprised because she was not expecting that conversation, but it, mm-hmm. she was very receptive because she'd been mm-hmm. thinking about it. Um, but some parents are not right. Or yeah, your siblings right. are not, they may need some time to, cause this is a surprise and not everybody responds to those kinds of surprises with great joy <laughs> and embraces them wholeheartedly. Exactly. Right? So they might need some time themselves to go away and think about yeah. this and go, mm-hmm. Oh, or to ask you further questions. Like, why did you bring that up? Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this now? There's no problem. Right. Exactly. So yep. that you can say that's because there is no problem right now. We want to make sure we can avoid the problems as long as we possibly can. And so from that perspective, why, why is it important to avoid those problems as long as Mm -hmm. you possibly can? Yeah. Well, here's what happens when you don't avoid those problems. Right. Uh, And I'll just give you an example. So um, my friend, Kathy, she's actually younger than I am, uh, went to high school together. Um, She was a caregiver for her mom. She has two sons, married job, right? Uh, she's doing all the things. I don't know how she prepared she was, right, to take care. Her father passed away. Now she's taking care of her mother. I don't know how she prepared she was with all the things, the back end things, right? Um, here's what happened. Um, she was overdoing it. She was not taking care of herself, running herself ragged. Uh, Kathy is, let's see, I'm 48. She's 46. She had a stroke. Wow. The entire right side of her body is paralyzed. She can no longer caregive for her mother. She can no longer work, mm-hmm. right? That's what can happen. When all of this comes at you, I'm not trying to scare you, but just mm-hmm. giving you the worst case, because this can't happen, right? When all this is coming at you, right? Uh, the back end stuff, like uh, where's the paperwork? Who's in charge? Who's making decisions? Not only that, I have to keep my business going. Mm-hmm. If I don't keep my business going. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And if I can't, right. And then you start spiraling into, and it's just all bad things happen and you stop taking care of yourself. And there you go. That's why it's important to have the conversation and get this figured out and have a, I walk my clients through this all the time. And if then, so we look ahead. Okay. If this happens, what's your response? They have it all planned out, no matter what. We have looked at every possible angle so that when this happens, they know exactly what they're going to do. There's no second guessing, boom, boom. They can take care of it, take care of whoever needs taking care of, and carry on with their life 
take care of themselves, take care of their business and their relationship. I love that. Uh, you reminded me, it's not about caregiving for parents, but as an adoptive parent of two kids who are, my kids are BIPOC and I am not, I am a white woman. And, um, you know, when my children were little, I knew we were going to get questions often mm -hmm. out of the blue, um, often by strangers. And we were going to get questions about that, about our relationship, mm -hmm. about our children. And we needed to come up with some answers in advance of that situation. Now, mostly that was for me. My husband defaults to being nice, but my... Well, sometimes my mouth moves faster than the brain oh, and things can too. come out that, you know, maybe I thought was a smart remark, but is actually horribly insulting or, or something horribly insulting is on the tip of my tongue to say versus taking a step back. And so I knew that being empowered with an answer ahead of time would be good. And, you know, it did happen. We mm. had people approaching us often like literally you're out, you know, in Walmart trying to get kids shoes or whatever, or pick up baby formula, or you're at the grocery store or on the bus or sky train or whatever. We have a sky train here. Um, you know, you're on transit and uh, all of a sudden out of the blue, when you least expect it, someone asks you something. And those, those terms that we came up with, those answers we came up with, I was so grateful that we had done that work mm. because I was able to navigate those situations with grace and dignity for mm -hmm. my children, for me, for the person asking the question. Often it was just that, that they were curious and they just wanted some information, but weren't sure how to ask. So they said words that I would normally find offensive. And, but when I had this set answer in my head, it made things easier. So I love that idea of an if then, if this gets said, then I'm going to say or do this. Mm -hmm. If this is what happens, then I'm going right. to do this. Um, and I love the idea of sharing that, or at least as much as you can within reason across siblings having that discussion Absolutely. too. Mm -hmm. If this happens with mom, what are we thinking we would like to do? Right. And then we okay. will just go ahead and who should do it? Sometimes it's a situation of the person who lives geographically the closest can take it on because they're geographically the closest. Sometimes it's a situation of maybe the sibling who lives the farthest away has the clearest presence of mind to be able to make decisions mm -hmm. in a crisis situation, right? Like there's a lot of different right. factors at play, mm -hmm. but I love that again, being proactive, having those discussions. If your parent can participate in those discussions, having your parent participate in the discussion yep. Absolutely. Um, early, because again, if people are slighted, feeling slighted or feelings are a little bit hurt or people are scared, they have time to kind of process all that and move forward. And you're not in a crisis where now you don't have to be at each other. Instead, you're a unified front moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And I really like that. And again, it's about, it's about the legacy in two different directions. One, it's the legacy of dignity for your parent. We always want our parents to live with dignity. Um, mm. You know, the idea that mom is going to need help going to the bathroom or dad can no longer shower or wash himself is, right. is saddening for people because you expect that from little kids. They don't know how to do that. And, you know, if you give them a bar of soap, they're more likely to eat it than anything else. Right. Uh, but it's sad when you suddenly see your parent doing those things and you think, right. gosh, like, 
where did mom or dad go? Mm-hmm. And, right. and feeling like, what do I do now? How do I handle this? How am I feeling about all this in addition to what needs to be done? And so I, I see this being such a powerful set of tools to be proactive, to be really thinking about these things, to be looking at that legacy of dignity for your parents. It's worth the difficult conversations today. Mm-hmm. If there's dignity and, and peace at play later, peace for your parent, peace for you as the caregiver, peace for your siblings and your family there. You had mentioned that in your bio, it's about finding the peace in that Mm -hmm. and being at peace with the decisions that are being made and decisions made in a calm state of mind can certainly help you feel more peaceful than knee jerk reactions in a crisis. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And so again, you're also looking at from a life lesson and your own legacy, learning from what you see with your parents, what do you want to put in place with your own kids or your own family so that moving forward should like your friend who had the stroke, um, should something happen to you? Should you get hit by a bus tomorrow? How many times have we heard this? Um, right. But it's true. Should something extraordinary Mm -hmm. happen and you can no longer care for you, what do you want to see happen? Right. How can we empower the people around us to make those decisions so you can be at peace as well? So circling back to this idea of caring for your business, we've been talking about caring for your parents and being the caregiver for them. What advice would you suggest to somebody who has is in that position now with their parents and Mm -hmm. has a business? What advice would you give that person on the business end of things versus the parent end of things? Yeah, that's a great question. So with your business, uh, it's what we talked about, right? If then, right? Setting yourself up for success. So I talked with clients, I talked with an individual earlier this week, and she's like, oh my gosh, my daughter keeps interrupting me, right? Uh, And she's caring for her daughter, right? Uh, And I can't, she keeps knocking on my door. I got the door closed. She knows that I'm busy. She knows that I'm working. And those interruptions, eat into my day, they eat into my time. I'm trying to get this workshop going, right? Um, And so what we came up with was, okay, if she knocks on your door, then you will do this. And so the if uh, became, I'm going to put a sign outside my door and I'm on a Zoom call. I'm really not on a Zoom call, but she doesn't need to know that, right? And so it just gives her that 30 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, of focused time. And then she goes out and she takes the sign off of the door. So just looking ahead at, okay, these are, this is what might get in my way mm-hmm. as a business owner, as I'm caring for my loved one. Um, if then problem, solution, problem, solution, uh, that's what I would encourage them to do. Again, that is so useful. Um, because, it takes away the emotional stuff. It takes away the knee jerk responses, right? And exactly. it's the knee jerk that we often have to go back and apologize for. Like, sorry, I kicked yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically, of course. Of course. 
of course, you know, I, you came in and I chewed your, your face off and uh, metaphorically, of course, um, you know, and I just tore a strip off you and really it had nothing to do with that. It was more that, you know, you'd come in for the 15th time and I'm so disturbed. I can't get focused on what it is I need to do here to earn a living. And so we need to figure out something different, but again, I'll circle back to the word proactive. There's a reason why it's a pro thing to do, right? It's, it's a good choice because it allows for you to have less reactions and more considered responses. Exactly. Responses that leave you feeling okay and leave your parent, child, Mm -hmm. spouse, sibling, whoever's, whoever is doing the thing at least everybody gets to walk away with a bit of dignity and hopefully some understanding. And you get to feel like you're accomplishing something, um, which is very important. We all want to feel like we're contributing something to the world. And when you feel like your contribution is getting interrupted, well, you might want to throw the interruption out so you can contribute. (laughs) Which I totally understand. Um, So share with us perhaps a success story. Someone that you've worked with that um, you've seen, you've helped them see some success in navigating all this. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So my client, Sally, is a great example. Sally came to me because she was not uh, making a living in her business. And she's like, oh boy, I might have to find a J-O-B. She really did not want to find a J-O-B. She loves what she does. She's a coach. Um, What we dug into when we got right down to it, by the way, Sally is the caregiver for her husband and her sister. So double whammy uh, is is that right. Um, And she's a granny nanny, her, her term, not mine. Um, And what we found out was Sally was so tired. She was exhausted actually Mm -hmm. uh, taking care of these two individuals, trying to run a business, being a grandmother, all of the things. Um, And she felt, so um, dragged down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that she didn't see the worth, the value of her coaching, of the transformation that she provided. And that's why she was charging very little, very little. Mm-hmm. I encouraged her to raise her rate. And at first she was like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't, I'm, it's not worth it what I'm doing. They're not going to pay. Blah, blah, blah. We worked through all that. She raised her rate. She began to believe in herself again. Mm -hmm. She enrolled a client at four times what she was charging. She turned around a couple weeks later, did the same thing again. And she began believing in herself and her, her worth. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the same time, she started taking better care of herself. And in fact, she hired someone to mow her lawn. And this someone was an ex, uh, was a veteran, a Marine. And she's like, boy, he's in really good shape. So not only does she get her lawn mode, but she gets a little entertainment uh, to boot. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) She's got a little eye candy out mowing her lawn. Love it. I'm like, can you take pictures? No, I didn't say that. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) and, And very funny. But also really makes a strong point, right? If she's, if she she has to make choices because she's caring for two people and running a business. So 
Maybe the lawn is the thing you outsource because you've raised your prices. You've got some new clients at that higher rate. You can't afford to do that. And he's a veteran. So you're keeping somebody who's a veteran employed. And, you know, like there's just positive spinoffs everywhere you look at that. And I love that example because it doesn't have to be brain science. Often it's just, you know, face palm stuff where you're like, oh, why didn't I think of that? But someone like you looking at the situation, because you're not face, eyes and nose into it, right, <laughs> can say you have a little bit of distance, no skin in the game. And you can say, yep. hey, have you thought about? And lots of times I'm sure the answer is, oh, no, I hadn't really thought about that. Right. It's may not, it may not I mean sometimes it's they're complicated situations that require complicated responses, but lots of times it's the simplest solution that brings about the biggest response mm-hmm. or the biggest, the biggest win. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just a small, small tweak sometimes is all it takes. Yep. That's amazing. Um, and I think that that, that says a lot. I mean, we're looking at, again, the legacy and a legacy of having your parents live out the end of their lives in dignity with peace uh, for you to feel good about the decisions that you're making for you to feel that peace. And if you're like me and you're parenting as well, your children are watching how you're handling all this as well. They see and hear a lot more than they ever get given credit for. And it's creating that legacy for them too, around relationships around. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's not going to be you that they're caring for. Maybe it'll be a loved one's parents, or maybe it will be a sibling with disabilities, or maybe it will be, you know, whoever it's going to be, or maybe they're going to have a good friend who's going through that and they can share their wealth of information from the experience they learn from you working your way through this so that other people don't have to have that huge burden and overwhelm, or at least not as much of it, because they can learn from that. So you create a legacy in two different directions. And I love that, especially for the sandwich generation. It is about taking care of your parents. It's about taking care of yourself. It's about taking care of your children. And when we do that, we just make the world a better place all the way around. So absolutely, I love that you shared all those things and the tips that you put out there. Those are really useful things. And I hope that our audience um, goes out and tries this and has those conversations. Use the terms that Wendy is suggesting that you use. Like if you didn't get a chance to write them down, uh, Go back and listen to this again so that you can have a chance to write down the terms. I also know that Wendy's got a few freebies that she might be willing to share. I do. So tell us a little about that because that would be very useful for people too. Yeah. So first of all, uh, this has been really helpful in the past with individuals. It's my quiz. It's maybe 10 questions, probably not that many just to get a feel for how underwater you really are in your caregiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can give you access to that. You take the quiz, you get the score immediately. Uh, and with those scores are directions for you. Like if you scored five and under, eh, you're probably okay for now. If you are 10 and up, alert, alert, alert. Uh, let's talk, right? Uh, so that's, that's a resource. If you are uh, wanting to get those two, uh, Steps, those two forms that Michelle and I talked about, just reach out and let me know. And I'm happy to share those with you. I love that because I would imagine there are people in our audience that have listened to all this and are thinking, I could really use that information. I'd really like to see that. 
maybe, maybe they've never noticed something about their parent up to this point, but now it's got them thinking like, oh yeah, actually I have noticed some changes or, um, you know, mom is, is kind of getting up there now or, or, you know, maybe dad really does need some extra support that I hadn't really thought about before. And now I need to be thinking about it. So those would be great. How can, how can people reach out to you? Cause I'm sure there's going to be people who listen to this and think I would really like to talk to this woman. So how can they find you? Sure. Uh, the easiest way is to visit my website, which is coach-wendy.com. And they can find some of those things there and reach out to you directly. Yep, they can find some things there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's uh, the first thing on the page. You sign up and you get the five steps to freedom and happiness for uh, caregivers. And that gets you on the way. Lovely. And if you didn't get a chance to write that down, because maybe you're driving. And if you're driving, don't write anything while you're driving. No distracted driving around here. Um, these will be all in the show notes. So go back and check the show notes later and you'll be able to find Wendy to have these conversations because clearly she's very knowledgeable about how you can um, strive to have the life and the legacy that you love and help to create a legacy either forward for your parents or for your children um, coming up behind you or both. Um, she's going to certainly be able to help you negotiate all those things. Wendy, thank you so much much for being on the podcast today. I've, I've learned a lot and I love the hands-on super simple doable steps that you shared today, because when it's easy, it's more likely to be done than when it's complicated and heavy. So thank you so much for sharing all that. You're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's been fun. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you again. And if you would like to reach out to Wendy, go check out her website and check in the show notes if you didn't get a chance to write it down. Once again, thank you so much, Wendy. Pleasure having you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.